0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna Jarin Levine studios. This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. A ridiculously stupid move is the way to sum it up. And even dumber than that, where the Bears not giving up the 20th pick in a three or trying to get Carson Wentz, I think the Colts, uh, a stroke of genius, maybe it was just because of what other teams allowed to happen that they fell into Carson Wentz and Frank Wright sitting there saying, boy, talk about an early Christmas present or a late Christmas present, whatever you want to talk about, Uh, that's what he got with Carson Wentz. That's unbelievable. Carson Wentz is a young man. Who is a proven MVP guy who did things in three years that very few quarterbacks have done. So to me, with the injuries, they were catastrophic. Everybody has injuries. They don't all have catastrophic injuries to offensive linemen, too, before the season even begins. Receivers, tight ends, running back, nothing going on. And you're going to blame the quarterback and then send them packing for virtually nothing? Again, one of the most ridiculously stupid moves probably in the history of the NFL. Oh, bad. I love Mel Kuyper getting after it, but Austin Lane, I mean, come on, man. I mean, he's not, he wasn't an MVP, okay? Carson Wentz, again, yeah, overrated he, whoa, to what? some degree. He, wasn't an he was MVP. an MVP candidate. He yeah. didn't win an MVP award. Well, He, he was a candidate won it. for a half a season. Uh, okay, and he would have won it if he didn't get hurt. Okay, so if he played six more games or five more, whatever it was, I mean, there's I mean,
1: still at least a quarter quick. of a season to go. I mean, let's quick go to the numbers here. Um, yeah, I mean, I consider Carson Wentz that year. He was an MVP candidate. I think he would have won it. But let's go let's to the stats, Brent, because you know what they say, the numbers, they never lie.
0: All right. What year was that, by the way? Would that have been uh, 17, right? 2017.
1: He played in 13 okay. games, went 11-2, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. That's pretty good.
0: That is pretty good. So he and, missed and, the and final 11 three and games. Two.
1: Yep, and he went eleven and two. So
0: uh, who won the MVP? Do you remember?
1: I can look that up as well. 2017 MVP would have been Tom Brady.
0: I've heard of that guy. Okay, but <laughs> what, kind of, years, Let's what look. kind of year did Tom have?
1: I mean, do you have any more requests for me right now? I'm looking like the. Hang on, one second here. Let's look it up. We got Tom Brady's stats 2017. I said so. 2017, he had he was 13 and three, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Oh, Okay. Uh,
0: he was tracking then.
1: So hang on. So he had. Fair enough. 20, yeah, I mean, very comparable. Well, he had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, Carson Wentz did. So, essentially, he had Tom Brady's stats just didn't play in, in as
0: many of his games as Tom Brady. So Yeah, yeah and about the same record. Yeah, yeah. so okay. I think that's MVP caliber. Yeah, that's MVP caliber. Um, and 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 well, the thing that caught me was Kuyper basically said he was going to get the MVP, and he might be right. Kuyper uh, maybe was about to get the MVP uh, for Wentz. Um but that was pretty aggressive by Kuiper anyway. I mean, literally saying Chicago, why wouldn't you go after him? How much did Chicago misstep here, not trying to get Wentz considering what Indy gave up? Yeah, I
1: think Chicago did. Um y- you know how I feel about the situation? I understand. Carson Wentz last year, uh, it did not look good. But it's almost like Mel Kuyper's plagiarizing off me of right now because I think he's going to go to Indianapolis and actually be an upgrade. And, and that hurts to say as a guy that covers the Jaguars, but I think the Colts are better with Carson Wentz than they were going to be with Philip Rivers last year. I think we actually have a wager on that, so we'll see what happens. But I think the Bears missed a great opportunity because you mean to tell me that Andy Dalton, uh, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles – they're in the same ballpark even better than Carson Wentz? Absolutely not. Go ahead and give me the good that I've seen from Carson Wentz over Andy Dalton Lane day of the week. Yeah, I, I would agree Especially with that, Andy, by the Dalton way. Andy Dalton is with his age now, too. It's one thing if he's in his prime, but obviously he's on the back nine of his career.
0: I think she, they were Chicago was trying to make a play, obviously, for Russell Wilson, right? And so obviously Russell Wilson over Carson Wentz, sure, as heck a better deal. But I actually think Chicago would have been way better off getting Wentz I think you could make the case, and I did, for Indianapolis to get maybe a better quarterback via the Jets if they want to take a chance on Sam Darnold. Because if you could give up on Wentz and say, hey, I don't think he's going to find it again. Or maybe it's Garoppolo in San Francisco. Or maybe trade for Watson. Or whatever it might be. I just think there are other quarterbacks out there that maybe Indy could have got. Chicago really put their eggs, it sounds like, in the Russell Wilson basket. They misfired, and they end up with plan like Zeke. And to get Andy Dalton. Well, so.
1: no, yeah, I hear you, but at the same time, like to say Sam Darnold, like listen, Sam Darnold's best season he had 19 touchdowns and 13 interceptions, and that was his best year. So to me, you're actually you're going to risk it a little more for Sam Darnold than you are with Carson Wentz. Now, yes, obviously Sam Darnold, the talent around him in New York, um, it's probably not that compared to Carson Wentz. But keep in mind, Carson Wentz came in right away, went seven and nine his first year, and then the second year he had the MVP like run. I think that from the good that you've seen from all the quarterbacks that have been mentioned, I think Carson Wentz provides you with the best ceiling and possibly, honestly, maybe the best floor with offensive line that you got in the, in, in Indianapolis.
0: Yeah. He's set up to win. He's set up to have success. That's for sure. And if he can't get it done, it's going to be on Carson Wentz. If Frank Wright can't fix them, if their offensive line, their running game, their weapons, their team as good as they are or should be, or could be if they can't, then it's just all on Carson Wentz. I agree on that. Uh, Chicago would not have set him up for as much success. So, if for Carson Wentz, I think it's an unbelievable landing spot uh, to end up in Indianapolis. Hey, do you think there's Mel Kuyper in his latest mock draft has four quarterbacks going in the first four picks? What do you think the likelihood of that is?
1: Um. Whew, well, you know that's going to depend on trades, right? Because I think he's got Carolina moving up to take Justin he does, Fields, yeah. and then trade Lance to the Falcons. Man.
0: But that's um, what you move up for, right? You move up for quarterbacks. So you can certainly see teams jumping into the top five for somebody they like.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, assuming that the price tag is going to be right. You know, I, I'm not sure with this trade what was given up for the Panthers to move up. Um, do I see. No, I think there's going to be something different. I, I think maybe like a Kyle Pitts. Maybe. The, I don't know. I, I just. I have a hard time seeing it's going to be four quarterbacks right off the bat. But
0: I might be wrong. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, you've got the trade possibility, like in his mock draft, he has Carolina going up to Miami. Listen, I could see Miami stay in Pat and really falling in love with one of these quarterbacks and bringing one in because they're not sold on to I don't think it's going to happen, but they're picking three and they don't, it's not like their quarterback position solved. They're invested in it, but it's not solved. So, Carolina moving up makes some sense. Atlanta at number four, if they stay pat, they could certainly get a young quarterback like Trey Lance in this situation. That's what Kuiper has. They groom him in behind a couple more years of Matt Ryan, and then they move on. Then that puts Cincinnati uh, with uh, Kyle Pitts. And instead of Penny Sewell, I'd be shocked. We talked about that yesterday. The Eagles go Jamar Chase. Uh, Detroit goes Devontae Smith. Um, Well, I tell you what, Detroit, if they end up with Jared Goff and Devontae Smith, I'm going to be a little concerned for Detroit that it's not going in the right direction for them. I I, I don't know if that's the move I'd make. And then the Dolphins would get Waddle at number eight. Uh, Minnesota at number nine, Lance Sewell. What a guess that would be that far down the top ten if things shook out. And, well, I tell you what, Patrick Sertan, every mock draft I see, it's kind of like the Jags with Barmore, the way it's been, and then Moreg. They get Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys like in almost every mock draft to finish out the top ten.
1: Yeah, well, that's what happens when you take – Trevon Diggs when you did and he's not you know following through so now you gotta take Patrick Sertan to try to mask the, the Trevon Diggs pick I understand it I, I get it um yeah D- Dallas like th- there's a big need right now uh in their secondary and you know as you've been saying Sertan is probably the best cover guy um at the cornerback position there is in the draft so yeah it makes a lot of sense for Dallas because that's what they need I mean they need other things as well but they just got Keanu Neal so that helps out a lot in the secondary as well to save the position but they really do need to get uh a cover corner and Sertan can possibly be that guy.
0: Okay. I'm not going to grade uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft, but I'm going to go down to like number 18 to 28. Okay. And I'm going to ask you if worth either trading up for, uh, would you want, would you say yes or no that w- for the Jags? Okay. You understand? You follow? I believe so. Uh, Miami dolphins. He has at number 18 picking Jalen Phillips. You mentioned this guy defensive end for Miami yesterday. Better fit, potentially, for the Jags. Do you like it if he'd either slip to 25 or the Jags were to trade up and get him? I would like it if he slipped. Wouldn't like it if you traded up for him. Okay. Offensive tackle Christian Darisol from Virginia Tech. Any interest? No. Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive tackle slash guard from USC. Any interest? No. Gregory Rousseau, if he slips to 25. I think you ruled that out the other day in our Shock Your Box segment. Yep. No. Kadarius Tony at number 25, if you were to slip. Right now they've got him going to Tennessee at 22. But if he's at 25 and available, would it excite you if the Jags took him?
1: Would it excite me? Yes. Do I want him to take him? Once again, depends who's on the board. If Taylor Morig's still there, I'm taking Taylor Morig.
0: Jeremiah Owusu-Kuromoa. I know I didn't say that fully correct, but I haven't studied up on my Notre Dame pronunciations. I've just been watching this guy play and not listening to their pronunciations. Notre Dame linebacker, would that do anything for you?
1: No, because I have to pronounce his name. and I already have to learn like 12 free (laughs) agents that the Jaguars just brought in. I don't know anybody besides Marvin Jones. It's way too much on my plate. I don't get paid enough for it, so no. Keep that guy in Notre Dame or someplace else.
0: Can we stop with the hyphenated names, please? Yeah, it's super Uh, aggressive. Kevin Jenkins, offensive tackle from Oklahoma State, doing anything for you? No. Trevon Morig, Yeah. Yes, right? Yes. You're good with that. I'm good with that. You guys are talking me into Morig too. I'm liking him more and more. Uh, Zavin Collins, outside linebacker from Tulsa. Not sure if you know a lot about him. Honestly, I don't. But an oh. outside linebacker, pass rusher. Freaking nature. Uh, do you like him?
1: Yeah, no, he's a freaking nature. We talked about him yesterday. But um, I think he's going to play inside linebacker more than outside linebacker. Uh, I, I don't really? know. I don't, yeah, I don't know what his stats are, but I mean, everything I know about Zayvon Collins says that he's more of a middle linebacker. Let me check out his stats quick.
0: I mean, usually, says, Collins is a versatile defender who could play linebacker or defensive end. I like his fit with the Browns. Uh, this is what uh, is saying. Get him on the field and watch him make plays.
1: Okay. Oh, uh, maybe I might stand corrected then. He had seven and a half sacks last year eight sacks as a sophomore, nine and a half sacks. I'm sorry, no, those are technical losses. I'm way, I'm tripping. No, he only had four sacks last year, two sacks his sophomore year, one and a half sacks his uh, freshman year. He's more of a middle linebacker type. No, Um, I think he's going to be a hell of a player, but I think he's going to be better at middle linebacker and the Jaguars don't need that right now. If you can teach him and if he's raw and it's a luxury pick, then yeah, sure, teach him how to play outside linebacker. I don't. Yeah, I I wouldn't go out of my way to get him. If he fell to you, maybe you think about it. But I'm not trading up for Xavier and Collins.
0: How about Terrace Marshall uh, in this mock? go number 27, kid out of LSU. Uh, would you be intrigued if the Jag said I like this guy?
1: Um, I'd be intrigued, yes. But position of need at 25 or trade up to get him, I say no.
0: Uh, Tutu Atwell from Louisville, it's a 5'9 receiver, and he's explosive. According to Kuiper, could be used on jet sweeps. I don't know if the Jags are looking for Tutu Atwell necessarily um, at, at 25. I feel like they might try a couple of those kind of things with an Agnew type, and I think if you're going to get a receiver, a guy like Kadarius Tony offers you a little bit more than Atwell probably does. Am I right on that, or, or would you consider a guy like Atwell five nine and can really um, be explosive?
1: Um, no, I think Tony gives you more. And honestly, if you're in the if you want to be in the market for like the short. Quick, fast switch guy. Then take a look at Rondell Moore, and the second round. Then I I don't think he's got him going in the first round. So if the Jaguars can get Rondell Moore, then then so be it. I'd rather get him. So no, it doesn't because I think there's value at that position.
0: Did you see the story on Moore? Did I read it right that he was measured? I thought he was going to measure at like five, almost five eight, and he measured more at five seven, and. So then I read something where te- some teams could view him more as a guy out in the backfield, like a scat back type. Did you see
1: that? Did I read no. that right? I No, I haven't seen it. I mean, so, yeah, I, I guess if he's – I mean, I don't think an inch really makes that big of a difference. I know. That's what I, was, I was a little
0: surprised by that.
1: Yeah. I, 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 listen, you know how I feel about that position especially? Everyone's got their preconceived notions of wide receivers should weigh and how tall they should be and stuff like that. But it seems like the teams that have a lot of success think outside the box. I think that if you go after that guy from Purdue in Rondale Moore and you like him a lot, I think that's an outside-the-box pick. Now, obviously the size, it, can he hold up a, a full season? That's more on the scouting department to know what, to, what his injury history is. But if it all checks out and everything, that to me is an outside-the-box pick. That could be successful. Well,
0: yeah, and here's what's interesting. He's listed at 5'9", like in his college days. But he really measures in at five seven. I mean, you you always got to twist the program a little bit. I mean, I got Ty listed at six two right now in the program, and and he's nowhere near that. I mean, what was your best program listing? Like, how false was it? My
1: best program listing would have been my freshman year of basketball, where I was six seven. Um, yeah, and they they you know they didn't say our weight, so I was six seven. I've never been six seven in my life, especially my freshman year of basketball. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm 5'10 and a half, I usually say 5'11 just to feel a little bit taller. Uh, but I'm okay being 5'10 too. Like, that's fine.
2: Yeah.
0: I never did push the envelope, though, in the program to get to six feet. See, in baseball, it doesn't really matter that much. You'd be 5'11, six feet, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But in basketball or football, you might want to do that a little bit. Guys do that all the time, don't they?
1: Oh no, for sure. It's just you know me me being a very tall elitist. It's just so hard to to relate to anybody that's under six feet. Like how that feel. I mean, I assume like six feet's probably the marker, right? Like if you're five eleven, you got to trip to six feet. Like that's I guess the the all be a, the, the the be all tell all. Um, it's just hard for me to relate, Brent. I'm sorry, man.
0: Yeah, I don't wish
1: like you don't wish you were smaller, right? When I sit in the middle row of an airplane, yeah, yeah, I do. Um when I sit in some cars sometimes, yeah, I do. But overall, you know, um, I think if you ask yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze, I'm going to say hundred percent, uh, it, it pays to be tall. Yes.
0: When you get in that cage, six, six is certainly okay. Uh, that helps. too. I don't think I've, I, when I was a kid, I was so small, you know, and I was a late bloomer, even to bloom to five ten and a half. and a half. And I always wished I was taller, but like really as, once I grew and I was five ten, like I've never really wished I was like six two or something. Like I, I, I do wish I could dunk. Though I guess now that I think about it, so I don't need to be six two to dunk. I just need to be able to jump higher. One or the other.
1: <laughs> you should have wore those string shoes back in the day with the with the toe lift. <laughs> Kuz, can you dunk? Yeah. Have we been over this, Kuz? I cannot know. Ever came close?
2: Uh, I can like I can grab the rim. I just okay. can't get a above it enough. Did
1: you ever have like, aspirations to do that? I mean, of course. I mean, should we get
0: in the gym and should we work on that? I would love to. Seriously? Sure. Alright. Hey, I, you know what? I was thinking sure. about those strength shoes the last that, segment. But... <laughs> I was thinking about those strength shoes the last segment when you yeah. mentioned Blake Griffin had dunked for the first time in two years. That's yeah, what he's yeah. been using the last <laughs> couple of years.
1: Brushing the dust off a little bit. If I could get you to dunk, what would you give me? I don't know. I mean... Besides your friendship and all that good stuff, <laughs> right?
2: I would tag you in the Instagram post of me dunking.
1: Okay, well, I'm Instagram. In the, so, hey, fine, and I would no, it, hey, So, so wait, wait, I'm wait, like, wait. no, I'm, a, I'm like Mark Cuban and Shark Tank. It's gonna be a you no, know no for no, me. No, hold on, and, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. I would tag
2: you in the tweet, and mm. I would give you the credit on all the Trevor Tracker.
1: I don't want the credit on the Trevor Tracker, dude. <laughs> Never asked for that one time. When's when's one time that you mentioned the Trevor Tracker where I've gone, oh, dude, it's a good idea. Yeah, Have well, I ever mentioned it one no. time? Yeah. so, no. so it, But it could be yours. So in true Mark Cuban fashion, it's going to be a no for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that Trevor Tracker is going to get a restraining order. I don't know if you want any part of that. Coming, um,
1: coming from the guy who went to his hometown and talked to his mayor, and then coming from the guy who went to his campus and sat outside in the parking lot, and you're going to talk about restraining speaking orders.
2: Speaking of, I, I have an update. Uh, his fiance is currently on her way to her bachelorette party. Which is? What, I mean, that's... I, I didn't get that part yet. Okay, I'm waiting for the next
1: story. And, and you know what? We probably don't <laughs> need to know that part at, even. Yeah. Uh, p- probably
0: Nashville, right? Nashville. <laughs> I've seen it out right Nashville, now. probably. I yeah. yeah, good call. It's probably yeah. Nashville. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, re- recap uh, real quick. Uh, the story of the day, really, C.J. Beathard getting signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you're just jumping in. Uh, we talked about this at the top of the show quite a bit. You can always go check out the Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690 podcast as well. But uh, I think it signals the end of the gardner Minshew era in Jacksonville. Now, nothing's been determined on that. But C.J. Beathard coming over from San Francisco, former Iowa quarterback, he's just a backup quarterback, folks. I mean, nothing to get you excited about. But why would you sign him if you weren't planning to move on? I mean, you have that guy and maybe even a better player in your locker room right now. And, by the way, a cheaper player for the next two years by some $3.8 million kind of cheaper. This signals the end of Gardner Minshew in some way, shape, or form. Trade, release, release. I just don't see him being a part of this football team much longer, Austin. I think you agree. It's just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a matter of time. Um, You know, and and I kind of spoke on this already, but I have a hard time believing that Urban Meyer came in here and was like, we can't have Garner Minshew on this team. He's a a distraction. Um, That doesn't fit the narrative, I think, of Urban Meyer, especially when you've had guys like Tim Tebow who warrant all the distraction uh, out of college. So I think this is more of just the fact that, hey, maybe Gardner Minshew wants to go someplace else. Maybe we didn't get to see behind the scenes a little bit of what transpired with that whole hand injury and how that was treated. So be it. I'll I'll be honest, though. Um, You know, I'm always going to have a soft spot in my heart for Gardner Minshew. And if it is truly the end, I hope that he goes someplace where we can get a chance to start because I got nothing but respect for the dude. That was a, He was one of my very first interviews I ever conducted on this show at the Senior Bowl. No one was talking to that guy. I went up to him because I knew his story. I was just like, hey, I need someone. I need an easy guy to talk to. So I talked to Gardner Minshew. So I got nothing but respect for that guy. Hopefully he catches on someplace else. Now, don't get me wrong. I still want to see value um, in compensation for Gardner Minshew. I think if you get a six-round pick for him, that's a wash, and that doesn't work for me. I think you have to get at least a fourth round or maybe even a fifth round pick for Gardner Minshew.
0: Yeah, I think if you could get a fifth round pick for Gardner Minshew, it would feel like a win for Jacksonville. They got serviceable time from him. It was a fun run with him. You know, you're not going to use him much going forward. You let him go to a place where maybe he can go be successful and have a better chance to play. And on top of that, you spend a six-round pick. So, overall, that investment would be pretty good. We'll see what happens with Gardner Minshew. I think the Jags lost some bargaining power now by signing C.J. Beathard. It's a clear sign they want to move on, or he wants to move on. But one way or another, it looks like they're going to part ways, Gardner Minshew, and the Jacksonville Jaguars it's just a matter of time. Uh, we're going to part ways for a break. Let's take a time out. We come back. We talk a little bit more football at 5. And – uh it's a Wednesday on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I need some NCAA tournament. I don't like this break. There's no games tomorrow. we got to wait all the way until Saturday. What are we going to do? NBA. Kuz, you got a big game tonight in the NBA?
2: I think the big one they were hyping up was last night, actually, with the uh, with the Pelicans. Pelicans.
0: Oh, why? what
1: happened to the Pelicans? I don't know. Man. Zion? Yeah. Zion's averaging 26 a game. Stop stop scratching that nose and ask the question, Goose. Yeah, no, Zion. Yeah, yeah. Say, say it with, say with, with the chest. Zion. Say it with uh, the chest. We're not going to break this. Say it with the chest. <laughs> give, me, give me a Zion. Zion. There we go, man. My, Zion. my, my dude.
0: <laughs> Zion Williams averaging 26 a game, and nobody's talking about him. It's crazy. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll talk about him more. Action Sports Check on ESPN290 World Confidence. Usually I'll give y'all. Uh, short answer, but I'll I'll try to be better
1: tonight. Uh, How hard is it? Uh, I guess for somebody in my position, uh, since I have the ball in my hands a lot, because my coach and teammates trust me, you know, I could just shoot a lot and get 20 points, but uh, my teammates and coaches know uh, know that that's not the game I want to play. I want to get everybody involved and try to hunt for the best shot, so, you know, when uh, getting those 20 points, uh, like y'all say, uh, you know, some nights it is going to be tougher, uh, but on nights like tonight, when there's a lot of ball movement, BI's doing his thing, uh, you know, it really opens up the game for me, so that's how I do it.
0: What <clears throat> did well, he just give us a hint right there? Didn't he, like, he said a name. Was that a nickname? John Moran. Damn. Um, is that something related to Zion?
1: Maybe. That wasn't, Zion doesn't shoot like that. It does and that was Zion? That was Zion.
0: Huh. Ah, oh, man. I like the way you think, though, Coos. You know, if you throw a tough one at us, we can deduct at least, you know? The ability to do that's big. Zion, Zion Williams. I'm embarrassed.
2: He is on a very long – I'm trying to count it up right now, but as you know, I'm horrible at counting. Uh – how many games is that? 21 game streak of 20
1: plus points. Yeah, but no one's talking about him. It's crazy. Hey, where's that, le, that well, Ball audio at?
2: Technically, he had a did not play in there. So.
1: Where's that? I bet he did. Where's the, hey, speaking, of, hey, speaking of did not play, what is Ball doing now?
2: <laughs> he got
1: hurt. He got, had to have surgery. Ooh. Ba-bum, 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 ba-bum. Do you think he's going to get uh, rookie of the year still? I, f-
2: I feel like he can't because it's like an entire half a season he's gonna miss obviously. Sure. I just don't know if anyone's gonna get like build up enough hype to take it away. Like I, I don't if I had to put my money on it right now, he's not gonna get it. Okay. Because he missed the entire half back half of the season. Okay. So somebody who just plays the entire season and puts up decent numbers should get it.
1: So right now uh the favorite is Anthony Edwards out of Minnesota. He's minus one sixty seven. Second place though Lamella Ball, so, plus 145.
2: I I think it's – I would be willing to say if Edwards is the favorite, it will be him.
1: Yep. And then you have my favorite, James Wiseman, <clears throat> plus 5,000. <laughs> <Well.
0: laughs> <laughs> That's good to see Anthony Edwards playing well, man. I, I like that. Uh, Listen, Austin, do you think um, – back to this whole conversation, how it got started on Zion, for what he is doing, the 26 points a game and everything, do you think we're talking – not we, but people are talking about him enough? I mean – he is a like he has a chance to be a global icon, Zion, Zion Williamson, I believe, right? With yeah. the dunks, the flash, the everything else. Yeah. I, no. I, I mean, the whole mo- the whole point of that story weeks ago was why are why isn't SportsCenter spending more time on it? Why is no, it why was... are we not hearing his name left and right? Why are they not talking about him on first take as much as I thought they would be? Like why? Like, like I thought he'd be getting so much more love. I mean, he's having a tremendous year, 26 points a game. More than that uh, is is incredible. And, and I just don't feel like he's getting the love that maybe he's earned. Yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and have the right
1: quote. You said LaMelo Ball is more of a star than Zion Williamson. I just think that it's like the John Morant effect. Like, John Morant plays in Memphis. So maybe you don't hear about him night in and night out, but if you're watching the game and you're on Twitter, like you see John Morant night in and night out. I think it's the same thing with Zion too, where you know he plays in a in a market that's you know they're not really known yet as an NBA powerhouse. Um, and we kind of been over this a little bit. Where I think if he goes to the playoffs and he makes run, now I think the Pelicans are out of the playoff schools right now, right? Or are they like the last seed in? Uh, it's close. Um, if he was to go to the playoffs and make a name for himself, then you got something right there. But I just think just because just he's not on first take and he's not like the leading story of SportsCenter doesn't mean people aren't talking about him.
0: You just got to go to the right spots. Well, I, I get it. But you have to go find him. That's my point. Like we, the whole point of that conversation was we didn't have to go find LaMelo Ball talk. And I think part of that was because, well, it's the balls, but also he's surprisingly playing well, maybe. Like, not surprisingly, but the balls have seemingly been overrated. And so he's playing well, and therefore people were talking about him like, hey, he's actually living up to the hype. He's really good. And maybe that surprised some folks, casual fans. I didn't think we had to find some of the LaMelo talk. That was really kind of the point of that conversation. And I feel like we have to find some of the Zion talk, and it stuns me because he's a superstar. Like, he's a rock star, almost in the same sense as, like, Mike Trout, right? Uh Trout doesn't want the attention, doesn't seek the attention, but he's so good, you'd think we'd hear about him all the time. No. You have to stay up late to watch him. You have to go find how well he did. You have to find articles about him. He's not on every talk show, uh, even though he's great. And Zion Williamson's performing like he should be on every talk show. And yeah. I don't feel like I hear him
1: on every talk show. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of NBA though. Like I always compare it to Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard's one of the best players in the NBA. But like you don't see him night in and night out, even though he does ridiculous things.
2: Yeah, I would I'd, I would almost say more like the Spurs. The Spurs are a decent team yeah, this year yeah, and yeah, have been for yeah. a while. But you hardly ever hear about, you know, Demar Derozan, sure, and and how he's averaging. Uh, I'm just guessing. I don't actually know what it is, but but yeah. close to 20 points a game, right? Yeah. Where Dame, I would say Dame's hyped now, but when he was first starting to do it, they didn't. But talk here's about
1: the him. question, though, and yeah, he is hyped, and you know, I think being a rapper helps him out too, and stuff with like the the younger generations. But even for as hyped as Dame is, shouldn't he be more hyped though? Kuz? like, I mean, I, I'm ready to call Dame, what top three point guards in the NBA right now? Mm, the close yeah if, top five yes it's top five for the sure. high
0: lamello ball of course
1: <laughs> oh, let's, be, let's be careful now with that <laughs> speak for
0: real now hey, but hey hey Kuth, your point the was never like a star though you know like yeah. zion williamson has this star appeal like he'll end up in hollywood kind of appeal that's the point like i felt like we would be flooded with zion hype zion talk and it Again, I just don't feel it. Now, listen, I am not this hardcore NBA guy, so maybe the folks that are, like I, and you are, Kuz, so you see it more often than I would, but you can see stuff. When, when you have stars, you get it shoved down your throat, whether you like it or not, whether you want to see it or not. I just don't feel like Zion has been that way. That, that's really the moral of the story for me.
2: Yeah, the narrative that I feel like is, is being shoved down everyone's throat is the Knicks being 500, which is a great story. But for the amount that everyone's talking about it, it's yeah. like, whoa, they're 500, chill out. like. Yeah. And I get it, the, you know, the Knicks are not
1: just, great. But. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, that's the sport of basketball, man. Like, you have your your tier one guys and there's everybody else. Like, look at Joker right now might win the MVP. He's favored to win the MVP right now in Denver. How many people are talking about him right now? How many that's articles fair. have you read about him? Yeah. How many times yeah. has he been on the Sports Center top ten or first take? Because he's not
2: flashy. When you look at him, I mean, he's just he just looks like an average guy. And but
1: Kuz, if yeah. you win an MVP award, that says course, something, man. Of course, you I'd know agree. what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: It's just NBA. Yeah, it's I, crazy. I, I get it, but Zion is flashy, I guess. Um, and you know, we'll hear about him for the next 15 years. I'm glad he's doing well, by the way. Like that's the best part that he's really playing good basketball. And and maybe he can raise the profile of New Orleans. Hey, you brought up an interesting topic today uh, about Candace Parker uh, when we were doing, uh, talking uh, about we the got, show today. because you get the audio or not? We've we, we got to get the audio of that, yeah. Um, we'll get it either, yeah. either, either on the other side of this break or not. We'll get yeah. it. But just your thoughts on, like, she has a chance to be a star analyst is what, is what people are talking about, what you're saying. Um, like like the Barclays and Shaq's kind of star. uh. I don't. We have seen a star, by the way, in the NBA circles on the female side, and that's Doris Burke. Maybe yeah. one of the most unlikely broadcasting stars of all time is Doris Burke, beloved by, like, everybody, and earned every bit of it. She's fantastic. I don't know. Jessica Mendoza, baseball, she's made a name for herself. I don't know if she's, like, beloved and iconic and all that stuff yet. Uh, we have females blazing trails. Uh, in in professional sports left and right. I think what you're asking, what you're bringing up, can Candace Parker, as great as a basketball player as she was, next become a star, iconic analyst in basketball? And it might be trending that way.
1: No, I think she is. You know, there's a reason why she was trending last night and this morning. And, you know, like I think to be a great analyst, you have to have a couple things going for you. Number one, you have to have experience. Like, you've you've had to play the game. And I think if you play the game at uh, at the highest of level and be considered one of the best to do it, that also helps you out. But to me, what sets Candace Parker, um, you know, apart from really anybody, male or female, is her timing and her ability uh, to talk smack. Like, w- what makes, you know, the NBA halftime show the best halftime show bar none in all of sports? It's the dialogue between Shaq and, and Barkley, you know, and then, and then you got Ernie, too, obviously, and Kenny. Like, they, they all make everything work. Like, it's just, it's a great combination, what Candace Parker has going for me more than anything is the fact that she can find herself in a room with these guys, you know, and they can be very intimidating because they go back and forth. And she can hold her own, but she can also come out on top and give out 10, 8 rounds to Shaq or give out 10, 8 rounds to Barkley. And to me, that's what makes you a star, as is if you could have the knowledge and everything, but then I'm sitting at home and I'm watching you and I'm saying, hey, I could have a beer with him or her any day of the week. And Candace Parker's to the point now with what she's been doing where it's like, I want to have a beer with Candace Parker. She's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And uh, listen, I mean, I think, uh, I think the, it's a next wave, right? Again, we have many really good uh, female broadcasters, analysts. um, You name your sport. Uh, I think Doris Burke is, so listen, there was Erin Andrews who became a star like in all platforms really transcended from sports. Uh, and, and there are many other examples of this from Robin Roberts to you name it. Um, but Doris Burke is a very interesting story. Like it's an, an underdog kind of story yeah, and kind of an unconventional way that she broke into the hoops and just became so well-respected in that sport amongst the players, the coaches, the peers, the fans, everybody. And, Doris Burke, uh, I don't ever look this I don't think she seek to be like this iconic star, but I think her name will always come up in this kind of conversation. Candace Parker, she's like thirty-four years old, I think, still. She has a chance to, like you said, from a personality standpoint, from a I'm gonna give it right back to you standpoint, from I played this game at a high level and I've got a ton of knowledge and I'll probably beat you one on one standpoint. <laughs> yeah. She has like a different avenue here that she could take advantage of. And I think that's what you're talking about. It'd be very interesting to see because that halftime show, that pregame, postgame show, that TNT show is fantastic. Nobody would, would, would say otherwise. Kuz, it's, it's like the best.
1: Yeah, Kuz, go ahead and, and drop the audio right now for me because like this is just one example of why I think she's going to be a star and a staple in somebody's halftime show for years to come here. Reigning Defensive Player of the Year, Candace Parker, your thoughts?
2: Um, you a defense player, dear? Take the surprise out your voice, Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> take the surprise no, out your voice. Like right we, we got a quarterback th- right over there. The she always uh, bully me <laughs> Not <laughs> Not bullying me. Not a Every show, she's doing <laughs> <pretty sure laughs> Not me. a bully. <laughs> <Yeah>, take <thinking laughs> your voice. Um,
1: so you have, you know, you have some, like Shaq's an intimidating person. Like, you know, Shaq's a legend, obviously, in basketball communities. But, like, this has been going back and forth now for a while between Candace, uh, Candace Parker and Shaq. And it's just it's really cool to see. And, once again, take the male-female thing out of it. I, I really don't care. Like, if you can go toe-to-toe with Shaq and put Shaq in his place every once in a while and have it trend on Twitter, I think you're going to be a star.
0: Well, listen, Cheryl Miller had a little bit of that and a little uh, – I don't even know what Cheryl Miller, how active she still is in, in doing any kind of analyst role. And you guys may know more than me but she had kind of what you just heard there because of Reggie Miller, right? Yeah. I mean, she had that. She had that built into her. She's was like, R- Reggie's going to do this. I'm going to beat it. I'm going to be better than him. And she had, because it was kind of that brother-sister relationship. Yeah. Well, the way Candace Parker just sounded there was like she was like Shaq's little sister. Yeah. And she's like, shut up, big fella. I'm going to take it to you, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the kind of rapport and kind of... Uh, I don't care what you say. I'm going to say it right back. That that I don't know if we've had that a lot in women's broadcasting, but she could kind of become that. Um, so I like the fact that you brought it up. I think that's a great example of it. Uh, and she's so young still; she can grow into a role that we do see her as an iconic star in the next five or 10 years in a role like those guys are in, if they don't want to do it anymore. Would you replace Charles Barkley someday with a Candace Parker? Like yeah. Charles Barkley seems irreplaceable on that show, but could you eventually do that or, or just add her to the mix? I think it's a pretty fair question and a good one uh, as well. All right, let's take one more time out here. We're live at the Fleming Island high school, the baseball game tonight. Fleming Island, one of the top teams in the area. I just felt a raindrop. Either that or a bird peeing on me. One of the two, um, but it does feel like a nice night. I think we've got a good night for baseball. We'll put a bow on the show uh, one more time here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 when we come back.
1: I just want everybody to know, you know, the fight is on with me and Holyfield. And Holyfield's a humble man. I know that. And he's a man of God. But I'm God's
0: man. And I'm listen. And I'm going to be successful May 29th. That is Mike Tyson. You know, we were talking about this in a break the other day. I'm going to talk about it right now to finish up the show. Austin, we were saying this. Has there ever been anybody like Mike Tyson? A guy that was beloved for his fierce knockout ability, boxing almost like we've never seen it. A guy that was maligned for his behavior, uh, goes to prison, uh, things that uh, we should not celebrate in a sports star a guy that was animalistic in nature and things that he said uh biting a, an opponent's ear uh the face tattoo never goes over well at least initially <laughs> yeah although face tattoo is a lot more popular nowadays it, it, it is but back when it was so oh, yeah. and and now he's in mike's hard lemonade commercials he's almost like this I, I, beloved, not the word. It, it's it's this weird, odd comeback to where you, you you put your arms around him. You're entertained by him. It's like the soft soul of of Mike Tyson. He comes to the Jags game and everybody wants to shake his hand and and talk to him. Not just because he's a star, because they want to just. He's just such a different cat. I, I think it is one of the oddest fan sports star relationships that we have ever seen, ever. Yeah. I mean, you know,
1: to quote one of my uh, one of my most favorite auth- authors of all time um, in uh, Hunter S. Thompson, you know, and Mike Tyson is the definition of this. Um, he's too weird to live and he's too rare to die. He's just he's a one of a kind um, type of guy. There is no rhyme or reason to it. Um, if you look back on his story, and you see where he's at right now. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But that's what makes Mike Tyson Mike Tyson from being the baddest man in the world when it came to boxing, from being taken advantage of time and time again by promoters and whatnot and just being kind of lost from having his run ins with the law and doing jail time um, to having his own cartoon on Adult Swim on the Cartoon Network to doing his own one man show on HBO, which got rave reviews um, to starring in movies uh, to now, you know, doing Mike's Hard Lemonade commercials. Um, there, there's no, like, there is like there's there's no rhyme or reason for it. Um, I don't think anybody could ever replicate that. And Mike Tyson's a unicorn, man. He's he's just that rare individual that we may never see again. So it's almost like we want to see more. We want to see more because we know how crazy it is.
0: You were um, you were in awe of him at one time. You feared him at other times. You thought he was you-know-what crazy um, along the way. And now don't you get the feel that a lot of people kind of adore him? Isn't that a weird word for for Mike Tyson? Am I wrong there? Like You like him, right? Like Wouldn't you say a lot of people kind of like him, like the character now that he is? I think
1: why people embrace Mike Tyson so much is because you saw in the the opening chapters of Mike Tyson uh, being the baddest man in the world, everybody feared him and and you should fear him. From the things that he said from on the microphone, from the things that he did, and obviously for his knockout power, that was the baddest man in the world. And you can't tell me any differently. I remember being a kid and kind of seeing, like, the, the last end of the Mike Tyson, and even, like, watching him, you know, on pay-per-views when my mom would take me to the bowling alley to watch a Tyson fight. I, I just remember being petrified of this dude, and I'd never even seen him in person. I'm just like, this, this is a bad guy, and you could sense that. Um, I think, like, as his career progressed... And as he overcame the adversity and the trials and tribulations, you saw more human Mike Tyson. And all of a sudden, this big, bad dude who nobody would even dare talk to kind of let down that tough exterior, and you saw who the the guy was. And any time that you can do that and any time that you can go from being perceived as the baddest man on the earth to being more of a of a human and you kinda of sympathize a little bit because so many people took advantage of him, I think the fan base can sympathize with that and that also makes you liked even more now because fans can find a common ground with you.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, too. I think there was, like, because of the podcast or things that he said in interviews, there's this real nature of him. that he's not lying to you about who he was or who he now is. And so there's this genuine, at times it was too genuine, now it is a real genuine that you can kind of appreciate about what he went through in his life. So Mike Tyson, odd, rare, but kind of likable now. It is pretty wild. All right, baseball game about ready to start. I think we're about ready to go. It's perfect timing. Thanks for hanging with us today. We had a little bit of a technical issue on the road. We love doing the shows on the road, but uh, we found a way to make it work. Austin Land, we'll do it again from the studio tomorrow. How's that?
1: Sounds like a plan. You know, I'm going to be here. I stay here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you <don't come> up. <laughs> we'll be back uh, in studio tomorrow action sports jacks on ESPN 690 at 3 o'clock live local loud coming up next we got some TV tonight too CBS 47 and Fox 30 have a good rest of your night everybody thanks for listening here on ESPN 690 it doesn't matter how old we are we all need love and support Yet teenagers who end up in foster care have a much harder time finding it as nearly 82% of current foster families are home to kids 12 or younger. The good news is you can positively impact a teen's life by becoming a foster parent with help from Family Support Services of North Florida. You don't have to be married or own a home. You provide patience, love and understanding and Family Support Services will offer specialized training, resources and a community of support. So if you've ever felt a calling to help youth, please take this opportunity to explore becoming a foster parent to a teen through family support services. Teenagers may no longer be little, but they still need lots of love. Take the next step by visiting foster-now.org. That's foster-now.org.